Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? A comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Today, Graham McMillan and I are here to report from the front lines of Marvel in DC as Marvel announces its Marvel Legacy program and publishes Secret Empire issue zero, and DC announces Dark Metal and publishes Batman issue 20, the first part of The Button, a crossover event featuring The Flash and possibly characters from Watchmen. We discuss those books, Civil War II, The Oath, Batman issues 15 through 20, and much, much more in this just about exactly two-hour episode. Show notes are available at waitwhatpodcast.com. Leave us comments and questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com. And we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy. And thank you for listening. Jeff Lester. Graham McMillan. Hello. Hello yourself. I like the accent that you put on for no immediately apparent reason. <laughs> no reason whatsoever, I assure you. How are it, you, it, sir? It's good. Thanks. Oh, thank you. I, I'm good. Uh, I I have had a very nice, relaxing day. Uh, obviously, both of us should be enjoying today. It is the uh, first day since Marvel Legacy was announced. And so now that we know that everything is going to be okay with <laughs> Captain America, that he's not going to be Hydra forever, but he is in fact going to lead a new optimistic Marvel universe. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's put my mind to rest. Oh, yes, indeed. It, it's really added to the way that today I think has just been a better day for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up? Who? What? Who? How's your day been? Oh, it's been fine, but. We'll get into that later. You gave us such a good opening. Let's talk comics. Let's talk Marvel Legacy and Marvel's uh, latest chain of announcements. I'm sure you're probably tired of even thinking about it because I'm sure you had to do lots of write-ups and things. But, I just uh, just I just did the one write-up, but uh, as as Jeff, as you know, I've known this since mm-hmm. Wednesday, Tuesday. Uh, I've known this was coming for a while. I mean, everyone kind of knew this was coming. Right. Everyone expected. Uh, expected a post-Secret Empire relaunch because that's what Marvel does. And the rumor for the longest time has been that it was basically going to be Marvel's version of Rebirth. Mm-hmm. And what was delivered was the most Marvel version of Rebirth that we could have hoped for. But when I say hope, I'm not sure it's what anyone actually hoped for, <laughs> but it's definitely what we got. <laughs> do you, do you want to, do you run a run down the quick list of, um, of of kind of what they did announce for uh, so you mean in general or in, yeah. in that particular thing so the mar- two Marvel announcements that mm-hmm. uh, I I know oh there's there's two and a half Marvel announcements the half is that generations got reannounced hmm. which is the strangest thing mm-hmm. uh, generations was previously announced on Good Morning America last month mm-hmm. and it was announced as it's ten comics. Pairing uh, contemporary versions of Marvel superheroes with their original character, original versions. Right. So like Miles Morales, uh, Peter Parker, uh, Jane Foster, and Thor, uh, Riri Williams, and, and Tony Stark, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be ten issues, and here's the writers, and it's coming out July through September, and that was last month. And then on Friday they're like, generations. This is so exciting, you guys. It's going to be 10 issues. And it was the same announcement, except now it's August through September. Mm. And they added some artists. Not all artists. 
Wow. Some artists, because why would you tell all the artists? Oh yeah. Well, that that would suggest like they had their their ducks in order. Yeah, they <laughs> actually knew who the artists right? were going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um. So no, but it was the same thing again. Oh, that's the truth. There was a, a, a there was three and a half announcements because they also announced Spider Man two. Uh, people of course remember Spider Man, the beloved series that, in which Peter Parker and Miles Morales met for the first time. The Peter Parker of the Marvel universe, yes. Miles Morales. Since then, Miles Morales has been brought into the Marvel universe, has met with Peter Parker on countless occasions, and yet somehow they're still pretending that Spider Man two is an event. Yes. Like, yes. the hype actually, like, the, the, the PR actually was like, it's Peter Parker and Miles Morales together again! And it wants to be like, that happens in like a monthly basis. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're rarely <laughs> apart. Um, anyway, so that was also announced. Uh, there's an Inhumans prequel series coming mm-hmm. out called, uh, Inhumans The Once and Future Kings, mm-hmm. which is Christopher Priest and Phil Noto. And oh, right. it's, if you were being generous, Inhumans Year One. Mm-hmm. If you're not being generous, it's before Inhumans. <laughs> uh, it's it's literally Black Bolt and uh, Maximus before they went through the Terrigen Mists. Mm. I honestly have zero interest in that. Yes. But there you go. Like Marvel still wants Inhumans to be a thing. Yes. Uh, and then today, Marvel Legacy was announced. Marvel Legacy is. It's Marvel, it's Marvel's version of Reworth. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. Uh, what they're doing is there's going to be this fall a one shot called Marvel Legacy issue one. It is, and I quote Marvel here, a jaw dropping 50 page one shot. <laughs> jaw dropping, they promise, by Jason Aaron and Esad Rebic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the, the scene setter of a book. If you will, DC Universe Rebirth issue one. But with less pages and probably more expensive. Yes, exactly. On the bus, however, mm-hmm. also less Watchmen. So, you know, it's it's not all as that. far as we know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be great. Wouldn't that be hilarious if, like, Captain America pulls a, a, a Watchmen button from his his wall <laughs> and is like, "What's this?" And everyone's just like, "Oh, they're fucking trolling us now." <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Marvel Legacy is. Uh, bringing back the classic versions of the characters. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark's going to be back. Thor's going to be back. Steve uh, Rogers is going to be back as a non-evil Captain America. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, looking at the artwork, he's going to be back in his classic costume. Mm-hmm. Thor, uh, Iron Man also looks to be back in a classic costume, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Spider-Man's being restored to his classic costume. Thor, interestingly enough, isn't. Mm-hmm. Thor is going back to the uh, JMS-era costume, mm-hmm. if the artist leaves. Um but it, it's basically like resetting the characters to to when kids started reading them. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It's like, hey, guys, do you remember like the 80s? Right. It's the 80s again, with the exception of the other parts of Legacy, which are astounding. Yeah. They are restoring all the books to Legacy numbering, quote unquote. In other words, like if they hadn't relaunched 12 times. Yes. So, for example, Captain America is going to jump to like issue 690 something. Uh, Spider-Man is going to, I mean, at this point, it's got to be what, issue 760, something like that. Right. Uh, you know, things gonna go close to issue, say, I can't even tell, but things at 600, I guess? 600 and something? Anyway. These thing, you mean Thor, or? No, I actually mean Hulk. Oh, thank you. Uh, Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so so all the legacy numbering is being restored. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say all. It's not all. <laughs> For example, Wolverine is going to stay on your Wolverine and it's going to stay at the lower numbering. Right. Because, sure? Well, I guess it's a different character, but it's yeah. Like, that's wacky, right? Mm-hmm. Is it just me who thinks that's strange? That, you know, all, we're sorting all the legacy numbering, apart from in some books where we don't want to. Well, there's some books where it might be really smart not to. And, and I think, I think All New Wolverine might be a great example of that. Uh, I was talking to someone, uh, who's privy to some of these, um, announcements and discussions and they were talking about how they'd been in touch with the people at Marvel more or less begging them not to turn around and uh start have put Black Panther at issue 125 which they were actually thinking of doing like 115 or something like oh, that. Oh, as as far as I know they are. Yeah, yeah. It's not even thinking of doing like as far as I know, that is one of the books that's that's going. Oh my god! So like, and it's like issue one sixty five or something, right? Which is just don't do that. Like, do like, not do that. All, yeah, it's, there's so many reasons not to do this. Mm-hmm. And what they're clearly doing is they looked at Action Comics and Detective renumbering. Mm-hmm. And also, it has to be said, if you add up, if you do the math, mm-hmm. so many Marvel books are so close to anniversary issues. Sure, so many Marvel like Captain America is like. 10 issues away at least mm-hmm. at most rather like hulk is super close as well right uh, i want to say iron man is as well mm. like there's so many books that are really close to like you know the net's big uh, number right and so that way they get to double dip mm-hmm. it's the big relaunch issue six months later it's the you know mm-hmm. issue 700 or whatever yeah uh, and I think I also want to mention because of course the one thing that blew my brain was the collector stamps the yes, return okay. of foom so magazine some of the foom, yeah they're bringing back the uh the marvel value stamp right like those, those are literally from before i was born yeah and i'm 42 years old yeah <laughs> like it's nuts <laughs> i mean sure it honestly feels like they looked at rebirth and they're like oh so nostalgia right mm-hmm. and we kind of saw this come look what these are with x-men right you know X-Men is clearly the trial run for this. It was the trial balloon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to restore the teams you guys remember. We're going to put the corner boxes back in. Oh, you guys like that? That's great. We're going to triple down on the ship for, yeah. for, I'm just going to call it Marvel Rebirth, Marvel Legacy. <laughs> um, it's, it's nuts. I mean, it's, I said this on Twitter this afternoon after it was announced. On the plus side, Rebirth actually made the DC books better. Mm-hmm. Like the, the DC books actually went up mm-hmm. as a uh, like across the line with Rebirth, so maybe that will happen here too. Mm-hmm. I am nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> because I really worry that Marvel is looking at the surface details and haven't actually realized that like the comics got better too. You know, <laughs> no, I'm I'm being serious. I genuinely think. Because the other thing is, and this has been uh, reported in Bleeding Cool, and I've heard it from other sources, they're literally doing do-overs of all the biggest storylines as well. Oh, yeah, right. I think I've heard rumors uh, to that I, effect. They are apparently doing, like, Planet Hulk 2. Wow. They're doing, uh, I was going to say Armor Wars 2. They've already done Armor Wars 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they're they're doing, like, do you remember the storyline? We're doing it again mm-hmm. for a bunch of titles. 
which really does just feel like they're like, okay, nostalgia. Nostalgia is what, what Rebirth's all about, right? Let's just do nostalgia. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I have, I have a, uh, an, I guess sort of an addendum theory to that. Like my, okay. my personal, my personal theory is, is that, that, well, it's not even that personal theory, I guess. It, my impersonal theory is, is that, uh, Marvel's marketing department has been more or less driving, uh, Marvel for a couple of years, you know, in the sense oh, of more like, than, more than a couple. Yeah, exactly. When I say a couple, I mean like, I don't know what, eight, nine. I mean, all the way back to when, we were told uh, that Marvel was going to basically kill a character and turn every it. Every four, yeah, every yeah. three months. And yeah. w- which they, I, you know, for the most part, when you look at it, they, they, they pretty much did that for a really long time. And the number of events, you know, doing the ridiculous number of Marvel events that they have, and hearing some of the stories that we've heard about how those events are more or less very much mandated from the top down, and then the creative teams sort of have to figure out how to make them work. Uh, I kind of feel that there is a bit of that the idea of doing sequelitis is, is with a lot of these events is a way for the marketing department to kind of keep their hand in, I suppose, you know, like a little bit of the, Oh yeah, no, we, we're, we're going back to what made the Marvel marketing department great, you know, like, uh, really tailored focused events, you know, but like sequels. So I, I don't know, you know, it just seemed that's, there's a lot that's a little worrying there. I mean, it on a lot of it really feels the, the amount of courting of the graybeards like myself is, it's is pretty blatant, you know. So here, here's the thing. Yeah, and this is why I keep thinking about. It. We had this response to rebirth, right? Like, was this not this, the response to rebirth as well when rebirth was announced? That it was just appealing to to the graybeards, like it was appealing to to the core audience, and that's it. You know, interestingly enough, or I ha- not? Am, am I misremembering? No, 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 no. What? Uh, I guess, you know, for me, honestly, what I think, and I could totally be wrong about, is the idea is that DC is courting, uh, with Rebirth, was basically courting a lot of the audience that they lost with the new 52, which at yeah. th- that point was only, what, four or five years old, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think of that as like, were recording the Greybeards, you know? And in fact, some of the, I think, if you look at, say, Superman being the most um, uh, nostalgia-driven or nostalgia attention, where it's very much like we're pulling the character that you remember and love, like, from the 90s is the way I feel about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is, uh, have you been reading uh, the, the Superman books lately, especially action? No, I haven't. Uh, I will get to this later because okay. it's 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 to do with like things we read, but um, that's a very good take on where they are with Superman, shall we say? Right. So even but so but even that I'm like, so I guess what I'm saying is is I felt that when DC was like, we're sorry, we fucked up, we're going back to the the core of what makes these characters great, 
there is a lot of that idea of like that could that is only looking like five years back, maybe maybe more, I suppose. Like maybe if you wanna like look at it in a certain light, you could be like, Oh yeah, they're really pushing this stuff back to um I feel I feel like they're sort of pulling DC Rebirth is like we're going to take for the characters the periods or whatever that seems to work the best for them. So it's like Batman we're very much following up kind of a Snyder Capulloy type take, mm-hmm. you know. Superman we're going back to the 90s, you know. The Aquaman stuff is Aquaman was most successful in the new 52. So we're actually doing stuff that ties in with the early part of that Green Lantern, the stuff before the new 52 with Johns. I mean, obviously I'm talking out my butt because I don't read most of these titles, but for me, I guess overall what I'm, I felt that even when they were saying we promise like a return to these characters values, it only felt like they were rolling it back like five or six years, you know, because Marvel's never really had like a true reboot. The only way to really look at what they're going for is kind of sort of how they're talking about the characters, but again, also those weird signifiers of like Foom and the value stamps and the legacy numbering and the, um, you know, characters in the corner. It's, it's that to me is much more than five years or seven years, or that is like just, well, that, yeah, right that, that, is, that really is going yeah. back four decades. Exactly. I mean, like almost 50 years. Yeah. 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 Which, which is just, insane to me i actually while you were saying that was looking back at how rebirth was announced because mm-hmm. i was like how was rebirth announced was rebirth announced the same way and the answer is kind of kind of um rebirth was announced uh, in february 18th 2016 uh-huh. uh at comics pro mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they announced they basically said like we're sorry <laughs> first right. of all yeah um but Jeff Johns, interestingly enough, didn't say what the story was about, but said that basically things were missing from the contemporary version of, of DC, i.e. the new 50s. They announced the prices, mm-hmm. the dates, and what the comics were. They didn't mm-hmm. announce creative teams. They waited another month for that. Mm-hmm. But they announced what the titles were. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I, I think, a big difference from the way the Legacy's been announced. Mm-hmm. Because Legacy is basically like, and we're going to tell you about the titles later. Mm-hmm. So, but with the first Rebirth announcement, you knew how many comics there were going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? You, you knew how many comics there were going to be. Also, I mean, there's a way in which, as I recall, real early on, they mentioned that there was going to be that price rollback, which was another weird, like, big, big, uh, I don't know, capitulation to fans, I guess. It kind of feels, I guess some of the food. Well, I, 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 a lot of, of rebirth announcement mm-hmm. really does seem like, uh, we messed up and we're sorry. Yes. You know, it really does seem like, uh, you know, we were trying, we're, basically we're trying to make things better. Yes. And legacy doesn't seem like that. Legacy seems like we're trying to make things old. Legacy, legacy is a weird, I feel it's that classic, like Marvel's not owning it, you know, like even the title Marvel legacy is the legacy aspect is, it's, is kind of a, 
it's not so much the rebirth aspect. It's like, this is what has always made Marvel great kind of deal. Like, whatever the... Well, it's, it's also you know really I mean? strange because rebirth is about looking forward. Legacy is literally about looking back. Yeah. It's like, even the name is super strange. Yeah. Well, because, you know? because it's much more branded into the idea of, I don't, Marvel has no interest in, in even positioning itself as new readers at this, at this, for the point of this launch. You know, it is legacy. It's like everything about it really smells like they sat down and were like, uh, what can we do to get Jeff Lester back? You know, that doesn't have anything to do with like creator rights or treating people well, you know? Okay. Well, you, you are, let's say you're the target audience for this. Uh, I, I would say that in many cases they think that I am. Yeah. Does anything about what you've heard about legacy interest you? No, not really. I mean, you know, I, uh, most of the stuff that I'm reading from Marvel is from the newish characters or the, or the more new books, you know, I'm, I'm reading Squirrel Girl and Gwenpool and, you know, I keep wishing that I could go back and read Spider Gwen, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I, I think for, for me, it depends on, on the nature of the reboot, I suppose, but I think, I think I'm already lost. Whether or not they can get back the others like me that seem to have dipped out over time is, I think, Hopefully where they really want to be paying attention for and what they really want to be shooting for. Well, I, I think that's what they want. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they're looking for the people who have – I mean it's really telling that you go back to the ICV2 story and they basically are like, we were doing fine until last October. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that is and not like, true. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And know. it's like really if that's what you think, yeah, then – then you have more problems. Yes. But how do you how do you square that and the fact that like this they are bringing back shit from 1973? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, do they believe that the people they lost in October are people who've been reading since the 1973? Like, what is? And also, how does a value stamp even work in today's market? I, like, who needs foom? Right. Well, again, what are those things? What, you know what I mean? Like they say they're going to bring them back, but what, what does it mean? Like, honestly, if you ask me, I think that the little, all they need to do is take that little generic, um, Marvel digital code cover thing and turn that into a personalized stamp that you peel off when you go for your digital code. And then you can do something if you get enough of them. Like, but I don't know what that involves or, you know, hopefully it's like take a picture with your camera phone of the resulting image and get a blabbity blab. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said, it, what it is is it's signaling. Foom and Marvel stamps are signaling to people like me. And it's like, you, we, you know, we want you back. And also this is the stuff that you love. You love this stuff about Marvel. We're offering it again. You know, it really, it's just all those weird things. It's like, oh, I've come to, you know, I come into work and my ex has sent the flowers that I like, you know, it, that's a, and, and I just, I personally think that the classic, We'll see how it goes. Marvel has always been way more blindly beloved by its fans, I think, um, and the retailers. 
Uh, DC has usually had to work harder, and, but mm-hmm. I think that DC really ended up, um, you know, they 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 earned that rebirth. You know, they really they they're like, we fucked up. Here's a big issue. It's we're taking a big uh, loss on it for the first edition. You know, here's all of our books. They're crazily returnable so that people can order more. We're doing everything that the retailers want in terms of making it easy and accessible for them to mm-hmm. try finding where the ceilings are on those books. So to, to bring it back to that thing of like when your ex is trying to get you back and they're like, oh, here's your favorite flowers. And I remember how much, you know, you like this. I picked this up for you. But they never really say, like, I'm sorry that I slept with your best friend and I set your cat on fire. You know what I mean? Like, Marvel's just kind of like, yeah, I, you know, here's some mac and cheese because you deserve it, buddy. Remember how much you like mac and cheese? And I'm like, yeah, man, but what about my cat? I've got this cat is in traction still. And they're like, hmm, 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 hmm. Anyway, also what's great, we're bringing back Foom. Like, there's not really <laughs> – there's very I, much that thing with Marvel of, like, they're, they are aggressively courting without without talking about, you know, even when they're making noises about where they quote-unquote went astray, it's all, it's all it falls back to bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, we were – we were trying to do things with diversity that the that the audience really didn't want, you know. <laughs> and it sounds to me like if they're if they're going to be going back and doing events like World War Hulk two or brand more brand new day or brand newer day or whatever they're going to call it, you know, or or however it breaks down. Part of me is like, I just. <sighs> I'm I because you've lost the ability to speak. I'm yes. going to pick up and say I was reading ABC News's coverage of mm-hmm. this because of course there's a story in ABC News. It, they're both Disney properties. Of course, yeah. Like Marvel wants mainstream coverage, it will go to ABC News because it's it's in the family, right? Oh yeah. Fascinating stuff in, on here, including Axel Alonso saying that there is going to be a big last page reveal. Mm-hmm. In Legacy Issue One, that is going to break the internet. Yeah, because of course uh, it's going to be a big moment. Something we continually get asked about. We are going to answer that question. So that's a fantastic for coming back, right? That's sure what it seems like. Right. Um, especially because they say that uh, it is going to. There's going to be where is it? A series of resurrections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, oh, none of the Legacy hinges on the death of a major character at all. Burn Talon. So a lot of this may hinge on some resurrections. If there were ever a time to bring back characters, it would be during the legacy era. (laughs) God, it's, it's funny because part of what made Rebirth pop, the the Rebirth special, Mm -hmm. is they didn't say there's a big reveal on the last page. They said don't say what the last, don't tell anyone what happens in the comic. Oh, no, 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 no. I think they, I think they definitely made noises about the last page. No, they didn't because that happens after it leaked. Because it leaked like four days before it got released. Because I managed to read it the same week of release, and I wasn't spoiled. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is, because DC positioned as don't tell anyone what happens in the comic, and really early in the comic, Wally West comes back. Mm-hmm. And so you can read that and be like, oh, it's the Wally West reveal. 
Right. So the last page really genuinely did come as a, what the fuck? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? Whereas Marvel's literally going, there's a last page reveal, you guys, which really changes the fucking right. reading experience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, people will turn to that last page. Uh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, It'd I mean, be great so, if the last page reveal is Steve Rogers and Bucky in bed together. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That'd Captain be America so can have a boyfriend. See? I mean, honestly, that would be awesome. Part of me is like, okay, I mean, because there is a little bit of that, of like... You know, where they're, they're like, we're giving the fans what they want. What, what about all this stuff they're talking about? No, not that stuff. The other stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're giving the fans what we want. What is what it what comes What we to. want them to want. Because really, let's be honest. Yeah. More people. I saw someone tweet this week about Secret Empire and it's totally true. They're like, what does it say about Marvel that Captain America having a boyfriend cannot be discussed, but Captain America being a Nazi can be a story? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, so that's legacy. That's that's a thing that's definitely happening. And wow. let's be honest, it's going to be dominating the news cycle for at least the next month. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they could spin this out for ages. Sure. Like Marvel's going to do a. Here's the first title to be announced from it. It's Iron Man. Here's the second title. It's Captain America. <laughs> What's this? The Hulk. Like they can do that for fucking months. <laughs> and and they will. No, but that's how they do it. Remember all new, all different Marvel? That was how they did it. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's announce a different title every day for a month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's... Yeah. I mean, again, I'm like, whatever. I, I personally am, am fascinated, uh, sort of a little... I don't know what it is. I'm a little embarrassed for Marvel. I mean, I guess I don't really have any right <laughs> well, okay, to be. Okay, but... so, so let's let's dig into this a bit because we got an email from Matt Terrell who who I don't want to say is a Marvel booster, but definitely like like understands and gets Marvel more than I do, shall we say? Mm. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and he said that he was embarrassed for Marvel <laughs> in in the wake of this surprise. And like my first response when I saw this PR was. Also, that it's kind of embarrassing because it's so blatant. Mm. It's so blatant that, and this is from the the uh, information they sent to press ahead of time, which I don't think it actually says. Do not quote any. Yeah, it really doesn't. But normally it does. Normally this this information gets given out, and they're like, "Do not quote directly from this. Right. We're giving you this for information." But this actually says fan service. Mm-hmm. The legacy is going to offer fan service, mm-hmm. and that bit in particular, I was like. You you guys really are just at the love us again. No, 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 really love us again part, which is, I mean, it's so unmarvel to begin with. It is. <laughs> and they don't quite know like, how to do it. it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just it. They can't be humble. Yeah. Yeah. Like their bombast gets in the way of being humble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's. Uh, it's, it's kind of insane. So it's, so you talked to someone who was in the know mm-hmm. uh, about stuff and they gave you some information. Yes. I also talked to someone else who was in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically got, got some information about how this was being positioned to retailers. Mm-hmm. And the mix of humility and arrogance mm-hmm. we've seen is very present. Yeah. With, with the, the, 
the, the way they seem to be dealing with retailers in this. That it really is the sort of weird schizophrenia between, you know, come back to us. We'll, we, we'll be better this time. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, you want it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's just, I, I don't, I think, you know, you want it is by now baked into Marvel's DNA. Yes. And they can't pick it out. Whereas I think DC were genuinely embarrassed enough and humiliated enough by DCU that they did come back and they're like, oh, you guys. Yeah. What, what do we have to do? <laughs> returnable? Sure, we'll do returnable. 80 bit special for 2.99. Yes, we'll do it. It's written by Jeff Johns. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, they, they did. They, DC, uh, they didn't do it as fast as I would like or, or, or I think as would have been prudent for them. But, uh, the fact is, Marvel really should have been, I think the big thing that's frustrating about all this is Marvel's doing this a few years too late. I just yeah, don't know. Marvel should have done this instead of all new, different Marvel. Yeah. So, I mean, at, that, at that the very tight. least, that's, that's actually where it got underlined, you know, for them. That's their little notification about October or whatever. But the. No, but the, no, no, no. Their notification in October is oh, right. Marvel Now Point Two or right. whatever it was called. Whatever it was, yeah. Okay. Like they're, they're basically saying everything was fine for the first year of all news, all different Marvel. Yeah. And I. Which, I, which is, is not true. It's you can not look- true. It's not true. It's arguably, and it's not true for the stuff. I honestly, for me, I would say that once, I don't know, fear itself fucked up. Like, God, what was the event after fear itself? Was it back to another Bendis event or no? Uh, it was uh, Jason Aaron's. Was, was it, um, original sin? Maybe no, it was original. Some, there was something in between. There was something in between the two, right? Could it have been all uh, Age of Ultron? Oh, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah, maybe. That would make some sense. I because I feel like there was another Bendis event in there, and of course, I, yeah, I feel like something. I see. No, Siege wasn't after. No, it, I don't think so. Because Siege right? was no, because Siege was the whole Dark Reign right after that. Fear right? so. Oh, Avengers versus X Men. Oh Jesus! Right, Avengers versus X Men. You know, they were able to sort of quote unquote turn things around at, with that. I mean, in that they shoved it down retailers' throats, and it didn't get regurgitated. But I, I, I don't know. I think for myself, this is if, if you think of this. It, and I do as basically being driven from a sales imperative. Um, you know, they were looking at some really bad signs, I think. Again, like, closer to four no, or five I, years no, ago. Ab- Avengers versus X-Men was followed by Marvel Now. And Marvel Now, I seem to remember, was a hit. Marvel I could Now was remember, a hit? But, yeah, I seem to remember Marvel Now had some, like, genuine... Genuinely great numbers. Because Marvel Now was the response to the new 52. Mm-hmm. And I seem to remember Marvel Now actually was was good, was a hit. And it's after that, it's like the second wave of Marvel Now, the all new Marvel Now, that things started to falter. And then by the time you get to like, uh, what's it called? Infinity. No, not Infinity. Uh, Inhumanity. Not not the Higman series, the, the Inhumans push oh, that right. came after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, things from that is when things really started to slide. Mm-hmm. 
But by the time he gets like Avengers now, mm-hmm. do you remember the like Avengers now launch? Like that was just a, a disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of the things that actually launched out of that, they didn't. I mean, how many of them even lasted a year? Right. Deathlock didn't. Yeah. Like Bucky the Winter Soldier, I don't think did. No, like, it might have made twelve issues, maybe. I think Iron Patriots. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure it was gone within six. Yes, you know, um, and then you get into the whatever. Oh, I guess you get into Secret Wars after that. Well, see, yeah, there's some stuff that leads in up or into Secret Wars. I feel, but you know, Secret Wars, the big one. I don't know. I just ultimately what I think is is that Marvel is coming a little too late to this and I'm a little in a way I'm worried for them and I'm worried for everyone else cuz I don't necessarily know what their again, I don't know what their plan is. Like if you're going to bring back if you if you're going to do this and you're going to relaunch this stuff but you still have I don't know you know, Dan Slott writing Spider-Man and Nick Spencer's on Captain America and Brian Bendis's on the Iron Man titles. This, this is the funniest thing. So I always, like, I'd always assumed the Secret Empire was going to be the end of Nick Spencer and Captain America. Mm-hmm. And now I don't. I'm like, oh, Nick Spencer's going to continue Captain America after this, isn't he? Mm-hmm. They're going to restore Captain America. They're going to cancel the Sam Wilson book. Mm-hmm. They're going to restore Steve Rogers book to like the Captain America numbering and call it Captain America. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, and it's going to be like the redemption, arc. like the redemption arc. I was like, Oh, they're not going to do a redemption arc. There's not going to fall out. They are. And they're going to do it as like, Cap's got to relearn to be a hero. Yeah. And he's doing it in the Captain America book. He's got his old costume back. Yeah. And now he's going to whatever work for Habitat for Humanity, but with superheroes. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if what Spencer's going to do is kind of – because I, I almost feel like that first issue of Captain America for him is kind of where he's pointing out where he wants to go. Like as you pointed – as you mentioned, there's a lot of stuff in it that's fun and it's a, a lot of huge shout-outs to the Mark Grunwald era. Oh my god, yeah. You Seriously, it, I think – I honestly think that if Spencer is writing this book – post secret empire Mm -hmm. he's going to like he's going to all but create cap's hotline cap on his bike coming out of the back of a van absolutely being like Like that whole thing yep yeah i'm gonna prove i'm a hero by getting back the people yeah my hotline's back i'm driving around america in my van here's my motorbike yeah Yep. Oh, and, 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 you know, and I don't think I, so yeah, I think, I think Spencer's still going to be on there. And, and in a way, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know, know if that's, that's better or worse. Yeah, exactly. That, that, I'm like, literally you know, don't know either. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Because... But like, but, but you're, you're right. Like if Dan Slott is still writing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, if Ben is still writing, uh, Iron Man, and he will, because Ben clearly hasn't finished his story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Bendis has to bring Tony Stark back. Mm-hmm. So unless he's planning to do that during Secret Empire, which is unlikely, mm-hmm. then we've got at least one Bendis arc left on Iron Man mm-hmm. as part of of Marvel Legacy, if not more. Um, I mean, Slot's probably still going to be doing Spider Man. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think so. In and which it- case, like, what's the point of the whole thing? Exactly. Because you're you're literally just. You're literally just changing the numbers in the comics. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you're doing, which is, which is precisely what they have been doing for the last couple of non-reboot reboots with their relaunches. And I don't know. I mean, it really is the Marvel did that and promised has made so many noises about that and played coy with the reboots and things that I think, I don't know. I myself, if I were a retailer, I wouldn't trust them much, but you know, if, if Marvel does not do everything it can to regain retailer trust with this, like everything, free fucking comics, overshipping, uh, like returnability. Do you yeah, consider they're not, returnability? Because they're not going to do never that. Never do returnability. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying, but never, just the never. fact that so we're looking at a reboot. We're looking at something that's following DC's rebirth, where they may not be changing their creative titles and they may not be offering returnability. They're not going to be rolling back the price point, as far as we can tell, right? So isn't that like half of the rebirth? Yeah. Well, that's just it. Like, rebirth succeeded because. DC apologized and seemed to mean it. Yeah, they changed direction on a book of, on a series of books that people agreed needed to be changed direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just need to read the first arcs of the Rebirth book to be like, oh, they actually have reapproached these titles, mm-hmm. even titles where the creative team didn't change. Like Benjamin Percy was writing Green Arrow before and after Rebirth, mm-hmm. but that is a different fucking book. Mm-hmm. That is really clearly a different book to the point where before Rebirth. Green Arrow was about a hipster who's fucking fighting, like, space vampires in Seattle. And I, I honestly wish I was joking, Jeff. Oh, maybe they're werewolves? It was some sort of, like, weird-ass, like, no, All I'm going, I'm just, I'm like, I can't wait for those things to go on sale for a dollar, because that sounds, that sounds awesome. No, I, I, I'm really, I'm not fucking around, Jeff. It's like, it's either vampires or werewolves. Um... <laughs> From space in, in, while in Seattle. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's space. I might just be making that up. It might be like science vampires or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then he's like, oh yeah, here's Black Canary. And by the way, we're completely changing the tone of the book. Right. Um, but they redid that. The books were returnable. The books were lower in price. The twice monthly probably helped in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, oh, are you? I'm, yes. sure, I'm sure the twice monthly. Marvel's going to do the twice monthly. Yeah. 100% positive Marvel's going to go twice monthly. Mm. Um, but what is like Marvel's not going to do returnable. It's mm-hmm. probably not going to be cheaper. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: Legacy issue one is fifty pages. It's going to be six dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, what are the odds that Marvel is going to do a book for three dollars? Well, I could actually see Marvel doing something because one of the things that really impresses me about about DC's Rebirth special, and it says something about how much people underestimated it is that first the first printing was what three bucks each additional printing was like wasn't it like nine dollars and didn't they go through like six i wouldn't say it was six dollars it was six dollars and they didn't they go through like another three printings or something yeah at least i want to say i've gone to like five printings. five five printings they went back to press you know, so ultimately the, the, the giving it up up front, like really paid off for them, you know, and I, part of me is like, I sort of wish that Marvel was smart enough to do something like that to, as well, but they're, they're not going, it's not even a matter of smarts. The, again, Marvel is in a chokehold in terms of what they're expected to deliver as far as numbers go. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that they will do everything in their power to make the, make this launch, the Marvel Legacy launch look big. But. Oh, eh. they, they definitely will. Also, Rebirth went to five prints since I just looked. Yeah, five prints, um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's just, the other thing is this, Rebirth, uh, quasi tied in with other books, but not really. You can pick up Rebirth as you want and just start fresh. Mm-hmm. Like it had hilarious like nods to things that had come out that week. Mm-hmm. You had like, you know, Dark Side's a baby, read Justice League as your 50. <laughs> Superman is dead, read Superman as your 52. Right. Uh, but otherwise, like you could literally go, sure, I'm going into it fresh. Am I alone in thinking that Generations is going to be a 10 issue lead into Legacy? I have no idea. I wouldn't say And part of it's just, did you see the hilarious tweets from people working on Secret Empire this week? No. Were they, like, you had Tom Brevor, I'm not sure if Nick Spencer did, but Jim Zub, who writes Thunderbolts, definitely did. Basically went, here's the reading order for the books. Oh, yeah. That's right. Empire That's right. I did see those because those like, got retweeted got to, a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to read like three comics before you read issue zero of a comic. Yeah, this is insane. Well, insane. You know, I I feel like we should when we get to the the comic reviewing part of that, we should talk because I actually just read Secret Empire issue zero, um, uh, just maybe half an hour before we got on the line to talk and, so. and the, the, the pain is still, still. <laughs> okay wait so 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 legacy is legacy and yes. it's going to be a big deal and this I... is what this is how this is how it close out it all depends on the creative teams yeah and it all depends on what the books are because rebirth i think the people did respond to rebirth when it was announced by going up going straight back to like old white guys and i think the fact that you had something like green lanterns which is like there's no white lead in that book. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh Teen Titans, there's no white lead in that book either. Hmm. Uh helps combat that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I will be very curious to see what Marvel, which started their retailer presentation at C2E2 this week by actually saying we love diversity. Because they felt they needed to say that. They did. They do need to say that, though. They, I know, but still, yeah. isn't that nuts? Yeah. Because that's not a paraphrase. They actually said, "We love diversity." Yeah. And when things have gotten that bad, yeah. Like, I'm super curious what the books are going to look like, because with Green Lanterns, you can go, "Oh, it's Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz." Like, we've stuck Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern core book, where his co-lead is John Stewart. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Captain America, you're like, "It's Steve Rogers." Oh yeah, he's white. It's Thor. Oh, it's it's the Man Thor. It's the White Man Thor. Okay, it's Iron Man. Oh no, wait, it's Tony Stark. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you can't do the same juggling. And I I wonder how I wonder how they're going to deal with that. You know, if if they are going to even acknowledge that by restoring quote unquote the classic versions of the characters, you are reducing diversity in, in Marvel science. Well, um. I think, and, and I could be wrong, that Marvel is going to put the emphasis on on the old white guys. But the fact is, is Marvel's been making inroads with their with their diverse books. I think they're going to keep those up, especially when you're looking at stuff that has inroads into the youth market. 
you know, I think that... Yeah, but but, but beyond uh, Squirrel Girl and Moon Girl, what books are you talking about? Uh, Squirrel Girl, Moon Girl, I guess Champions is supposedly similar, you know. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure. Like, I don't that's, think, that's I don't think I mean. they'll like, be putting largely... America Chavez into, you know, the readers of, you know, into the Scholastic catalog anytime. Exactly. Soon, but... You know, you know, and you've got, but you're losing Riri Williams in in Iron Man. I mean, you might give her an Ironheart book, but it's a that's a different thing. Yeah, like that's the second. You're losing Sam Wilson at the Captain America book. You're losing Jane Foster at the Thor book. Like you are genuinely by restoring the classic versions of the characters, reducing the visibility of your diverse characters. Uh, I just I don't think that we'll see. Maybe. But I, I'm and kind of like – I feel like there has to be some workaround for this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that workaround is. Yeah. I, I, We will see. I don't know if that's going to be like, you know, big quarterly one-shots, if that's going to be like throwing them all on like one damn team for Nick Spencer to write. I don't know. You know, it's – Bombshells part two, except they couldn't call it bombshells for obvious reasons, but – Right. They'll call them the invaders. You know, I don't know. Why Why not? Why not? Uh, no, but like really, I uh, I just feel – even though I, I think that from a business sense, they're probably making a smart decision because I think that the audience really does want to see, you know, Tony Stark as Iron Man, Steve Rogers as Captain America, Thor as Thor. Uh, I feel that they're – I feel that they're going to have to just like take the hit as far as diversity goes. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Part of it is like I'm like I don't know how they're going to do it. I think that Marvel, it's you can usually count on Marvel to try and flood the marketplace with books. I feel that all they're saying is is that they're going to try and move the the big characters front and center, celebrate them, and if they can put you know what they consider big ish names on there. But that's well, not going to count the – I don't respond, think that's – what's that? I'm going to respond to that to close this out by saying Marvel have told retailers there's going to be less titles, but they're going to lower their output. Well, we'll see. Hopefully that means so, – that like, will mean the end. If they're going to flood the market, yeah. like, how, like how do they do it? Do they do an anthology? Are they like, okay, you, you want diversity? You should buy diversity comics. Yeah. It exactly. comes out once a month mm-hmm. and it's nine dollars. Right. But it's got like it's got America mm-hmm. and it's got you know, what else? Gay Avengers. <laughs> wow, is that a title? Was that a title beforehand? <laughs> it really should be, shouldn't it? I would I, I gotta I, tell I, you, out of all I, the Avengers titles that they've offered over the last couple of years, I Gay Avengers is the one that I would sign up for in a heartbeat. I would I read the shit out of Game Andrew. I totally <laughs> would too. I that absolutely is, just give me Billy and Teddy like anchoring a team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. That yeah. would be genuinely bring in Deacon, mm-hmm. a North Star, an Iceman, yeah. and America Chavez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. That's actually a really good lineup of a team. I would read that book. Yeah, that I'm. I'm like you're. You've hit it, Graham. I don't know if they would actually market it that way, but. But of course yeah. they would. would yeah. <laughs> that would be so great. You know, knowing Marvel as well, they'd literally call it like LGBTQ Avengers. Oh, yeah. 
LGBTQA. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm 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 into it. I'm so into it. Do you want uh, Okay, yes. Jump through very quickly uh DC's announcement big announcement of the weekend? Sure. Oh yeah, right. Dark Dark Matter, Jeff. Dark Matter. You might think, like, what's going on? So DC announced uh, in June and July there's going to be two one-shot books called Dark Days. Dark Days, the... Oh, shit, I can't remember. Dark Days, the... Culling? I'm making this up now? And Dark Days, the Forge? Hang on, I'll look it up. Dark Days, the Forge is uh-huh. in June. Dark Days, the Casting is in July. Uh, they're Both those books are written by Scott Snyder and James Tynan IV. Uh, with art by Jim Lee, John Romita Jr. and Andy Kubert. They lead into, in August, Dark Knights Metal. We've gone from Dark Days to Dark Knights. Mm-hmm. Dark Knights Metal will introduce five spin-off books. They'll launch in September, October, December. Yeah. For some reason, November skipped out. Not quite sure why that is. It's super curious to me. Um, the, the books in September, October and December are going to be go under the banner of Dark Matter. They are DC's big name artists and medium name writers. I think that's fair to say, with the exception of Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, doing all new characters in a couple of cases based on old titles. Damage and Challengers of the Unknown are both revived for this. Oh, but right. it's an old cast. It's essentially Ms. the Ms. Marvel approach. Yeah. It's an all new cast. Using an old name. Well, the but there's are, but there's three other titles that are all new, which Silencer, is kind of great. Yeah, by Dan mm-hmm. and John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Sideways by the genuinely surprising creative team of Dan DiDio with Justin Jordan and Kenneth Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. The Immortal Men, James Tynan for and Jim Lee, Damage, Robert Menditti and Tony Daniel, mm-hmm. and New Challengers, Scott Snyder and Andy Kubert. I think this is. I, I saw this get dinged so fucking hard on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. I do too. I'm, as like, you know, I, I like, people who've been, oh, sorry, you go, Graham, sorry. No, I was going to say, like, I totally get the, where are the women? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait, so it's five high profile, all new concepts mm-hmm. with big names artists behind? Like, is this literally not what we want DC to be doing and Marvel to be doing? Absolutely. It's what I, it's what I've been talking about for years of like, let's get, let's get new, new characters and new concepts out there. I'm assuming that these people have, will have some sort of, you know, creative, you know, some sort of participation. Right, in it, yeah, there's you know? almost certainly some sort of participation. Yeah, I would, you can't, so. I, you refu- I refuse to believe like Ramita and Jim, well, not Jim, like Ramita and Daniel and Kubert would co-create books that they have no participation exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. It seems really, really, really unlikely. And the, uh, the other positioning of this is yeah. um, the artists have significant input, both into the creation of the series, but also the direct story, uh, story direction of yeah. the series. This is not just uh, artists are brought on as hired hands. This is artists and writers are collaborating more openly than they normally do in DC books. Yeah. This is, which again is what we want, right? Yeah. This is what I want to see. This, that looks like hopefully knock on wood, the, the flip side of Marvel's we're launching a book with, you know, John Cassidy, who's going to be out by issue four, you know, 
it's it's i think that i think that stuff is i think it's great i whether or not this i haven't looked at the material that closely as you know i'm a sucker for challengers of the unknown and honestly i unless the art for unless everything about silencer is ungodly um well silencer has the most cliched of the concepts which is probably why i'm into it i'm like yeah i'm into that yeah sure but the other thing is like the writers are all good writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Abnett, even doing a cliched idea like the silencer, which is she's the world's deadliest assassin. She tried to retire, went to suburbia. Now someone's coming after her. She has to take up the game again, which is stunningly cliched. But Abnett, sure, I would read Abnett's take on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm sure that Abnett's going to come up with a twist on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, even for me, I'm like, sometimes a twist is just, I don't know, enjoyably junky. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's just, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things Abnet as like, I mean, a veteran of everything, but it's, but a guy who definitely has his 2000 AD chops in place. It's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. How do you take the cliched thing and you, like you said, make it fun or put a twist in it or both? You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. And it, it's sort of part of me. Uh, I spent some time arguing with Hibbs about this a little bit. Cause he was very much like, that's not what retailers want. And I'm like, but they're trying to give you what you want. Like they're trying to do everything. Cause the stuff that he was, you know, he's like, don't put it, don't launch all five new books as part of a universe, you know, under an umbrella. And, you know, it was just basically carping about a lot of the stuff. And I'm like, I think they're trying their best to bulletproof this stuff so that retailers can order it. You know, like if you squint your eyes, like, is there really much of a reason why, um, you know, the silencer by Dan Abnett and John Romita Jr., would really get that much lower initial orders than if it was the silencer by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. You know, I mean, I would, most of those, that it sounds dumb enough for it to be a Miller level book, you know? (laughs) Well, John Romita Jr. is uh, a gift that keeps giving. I don't know if you saw him, his his press conference where he was talking about creating diversity in DC universe Mm -hmm. and saying, you have two options his two options being you create a new character or you recreate an old character and, and you know, just basically ignore the original. Mm-hmm. But he said, you have a third, but we're not doing the transgenders. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks John. Good yeah. job. Yeah, the transgenders. Uh, I was I was frustrated and amused to see this line get dinged for the lack of diversity in the creative team. Mm-hmm. And someone to call out the Immortal Men, the Jim Lee book in particular. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait, so you're saying the book written by a gay man and illustrated by an Asian American artist is not diverse enough for you? <laughs> right. See, I mean, like, that's kind that, of that, that thing. Like, like, you know, yeah. I understand that you're upset that there's not women involved. But if that's the comic you're picking to say, right. same old, same old. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how these things go. I mean, I like I said to be to be cynical. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, I think they'll all end within a year. That also seems to be. I think that's what yeah, everyone I, seems I, to I, think. Which is I don't even think it's going to be necessarily like cancelled. Yeah, but I just think like the creators will be like, "Yeah, I'm done." <laughs> 
yeah, I've done a year. Okay, we're we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth pointing out that all these books, because they're spinning out Dark Knight Metal, take place in the DC Universe, and Rebirth finishes within a year of their launch. So if Rebirth ends by recreating the DC Universe, which is not unlikely, mm-hmm. it's possible all these books have like a six-month sell-by date. Maybe they don't. I don't know anything one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. There's literally an inbuilt getting get out clause, depending on how Rebirth finishes, because right. they announced Rebirth specifically as a two year program, hmm. and two years is up in the middle of 2018. Wow. Well, it could be then. That would be uh, that would be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, like you said, it it does give them a nice way to like if it. Six months, they're not seeing the numbers that they want. If they're seeing attrition rather than growth, then yes, those characters just all kind of fade away yeah, into the ether. To bail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, this honestly seems like a, this is what you want. Like, you have DC Rebirth anchoring your line with the nostalgia vote. Mm-hmm. And then you go, here's some new stuff. Right. It seems like another smart move on DC's part. We'll see. I also think it's fascinating that like this gets announced in the same weekend as Marvel Legacy. Because mm-hmm. it really is like, Marvel is really fucking looking backwards and DC's looking forwards. Whether anyone else will see it that way, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But for, for anyone who wants to position it that way, literally both publishers have done their best to help you position it that way. Yes, for sure. For sure. Well, because I think there's a, there's a lot, well, there, there's a lot of reasons for Marvel. Mar- they each kind of need their directions that they need. You know what I mean? Like part of me is like, yes, that's fantastic. You know, like, like you said, it's a smart move by DC. Marvel, although I don't think that they're doing it especially well, it's, this is shit that they needed to do. Not issuing diversity, actually. You know, that was not the deal, but they needed a way to, you know, honestly, I think they just, if they, they could have just done a reboot, they, a full on fucking reboot and sort of sensibly, organically strip some of the characters so that they were closer to cinematic universe counterparts. That's pretty much all they needed to do, I think. Yeah. And they could have kept I, everything else, you know. But Marvel has decided it's never going to reboot. Yeah. Which is honestly at this point, just a bad idea. It's, it's really bad. It's like your, your characters have literally been around for more than 50 years. Yeah. It's time to reboot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause, cause ultimately, yeah. Well, whatever. Anywho, Graham, let's talk about comics. Let's talk about, you know. Okay. Shall shall we talk about the thing that I liked and I'm really curious to see if you liked as well? Sure. Batman 21. It was terrible. Really? Uh, I liked it. I, I somehow knew you wouldn't like it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping that I would like it. I really was. Cause in part, it was something that I did not, I went to the comic store this week and I was like, yeah, I just, I don't know if I can support this whole button thing. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm, Batman's on my pull list. I, I have no choice, basically. I, so, I guess I'm supporting it. I guess I'm supporting it. Yeah. Uh, Graham, a few quick questions. Um, yeah. Because one of the things that I did 
after reading the button is uh, I went and did a quick um, uh, sorting through the piles that, of comics that I have in the corner of uh, my living room here, which is not very deep. And I, I basically read uh, Batman 15 through 20, I Am Bane, after reading the button. And uh, I, I had read the first I Am Gotham storyline, but I'm kind of curious, is King, does he literally start out like each part of his arc with some sort of weird like sports game overview thing you know what i mean like he's got a situation with uh in the button of course where there's a hockey fight that breaks out on the ice um that is and freaks out saturn girl yes exactly and then you know, uh, I think the starting of I Am Bane has, before you move into the, the, um, Jokerize the Fries, there's like some sort of other thing where someone's like listening to a, a, a like a football game or watching a football game or something. I honestly don't remember the issues nowhere close enough to check. It would not surprise me. It's a very Tom King thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, like I, I have my formalized, like, in joke for the start of each of my arcs which tom king being tom king like by my last arc you'll see it's the sports master who's been behind the whole thing right exactly yeah yeah yeah. so uh yeah no the button i did did not like do not want i feel that is as interesting as it was for king to break down into the nine panel grid just i just felt like it wasn't there wasn't anything interesting with it i like it it wasn't being used especially well i don't think oh, it, I, yeah, yeah i i disagree uh-huh i i, I mean, thought i thought the the way to break down i thought it was an interesting narrative technique to break down cuz with the clock in particular mhm it was a way of redoing the super speed thing mhm because you get the multiple panels repeating the same second, yes. which all have different movements in them. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, that was I fun. really appreciated that, and yeah. I, and also as a uh, again sort of like ridiculous show offy. Well, it's tying into Watchmen, and Watchmen has nine panel grids. Right. Like I appreciated that as well. I I thought I really liked it. I, I really really liked it, and also I am a sucker for like the DC meta story. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So like, sure bring the reverse flash in and he's talking about flashpoint and the psycho pirates mask from crisis and infinite earths is reacting to the watchman button like all of that stuff is a gimme and i i should tell you that i've read part two Mm -hmm. and that is like that honestly was written for me in my i am a sucker for the dc meta story stuff Uh uh-huh I won't spoil it because it's not out until a couple of days after this podcast is released. But it's full of you know your DC history, you know your DC Easter eggs. Here's more Easter eggs than fucking Easter. Mm. Hmm. Full of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so on that level as well. Like I, I was already a mark for this story mm-hmm. ahead of time, but I also think that the first issue was told well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I really really liked it. Well, I wish I I wish I had, but you know it's kind of interesting because then I went back and read. Uh, like I said, it made me sit down to 
go back and read whatever issues I had on hand. And issues Batman 15 through 20, I Am Bane, is uh, somehow remarkably less than the sum of its parts. And I kind of felt that way about the button. Like, I... I have the the sneaky and uncomfortable suspicion that even though I feel that Tom King is a better writer than Scott Snyder, I think um I just I enjoy Scott Snyder's Batman more. Like I read like a two issue two all issues of All-Star Batman that I had had piled up on the side um as well right after that mm-hmm. to run mm-hmm. by and Snyder's way more meat headier, uh, approach yeah. to Batman <laughs> yes. is, is especially in that comic. Yeah. Also, Batman is hilariously like over the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a Frank Miller Batman comic. Yeah. 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 Well, but again, I'm several issues behind, but it still is. I mean, there's something that about, I don't know. There's just a lot about that that I feel that that um, that Snyder does in a way that I find really enjoyable. That is that, that that's funny because like All Star Batman is just not working for me. Oh really? Like the, it's just not working for me at all. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's the first arc didn't work for me because the pacing seemed completely off for the entire thing. Huh. The the John Romita Jr. arc mm-hmm. and wasn't helped by the backups. Interesting. Yeah, uh, they seem completely in Congress, not in Congress, but uh, in terms of pacing and execution, mm-hmm. like seemed like jarring every issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second arc has been a complete misfire for me. Hmm. Well, has completely fallen flat for me. The, every single issue. I I actually was surprised that because I I only made it through. I mean, I, I, the John Romita Jr. stuff, I was only like a few months behind, but, but what I have is everything since basically. So mm-hmm. I only read issues six and seven, which are the jock issue and the Tula, Tula Lote issue. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. I'm like, I, they, they are, they, they work okay for me. They really do. They, they, they work as art showcases, especially the Tula Latte issue. Mm-hmm. But like as as stories, nope. Like one hundred percent nope. They are uh, complete misfires for me. Interesting. They're they're they just they feel. Uh, and part of it might also be that I've read the end of the arc, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so part of it, especially remember with the the jock issue, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm really curious where the story is going. Mm-hmm. And part of it is like the, the end of the arc mm-hmm. doesn't land mm-hmm. and makes everything that was unsatisfying about the earlier issues just more unsatisfying. More unsatisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, I but can yeah, see that. It's, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's funny. All-Star Batman has just not worked for me at all. Mm. It's funny. Someone, uh, I can't remember who someone on Twitter this week was like, Batwoman isn't working for me. Like Batwoman is, is a misfire. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and read the, the three issues about women again to date. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where Batwoman isn't working, mm-hmm. but it has enough that I like mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, they, they can fix this. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's enough in here that is working that, you know, they can tighten up some things. They can fix their pacing. They can have more interesting secondary characters. 
they can actually realize that there needs to be a book outside of Kate Kane, mm-hmm. and this can work. Whereas All Star Batman, especially the second arc, I'm like, this feels weirdly indulgent and directionless. Hmm. Well, the second, I, I, yeah, it's an editor. Mm-hmm. Like it needs someone to step in and be like, no, 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 you, you can't. Like that's a bad idea. Do a second pass. Mm. That could be. That could be. I mean, Snyder's stuff, like I said, his stuff is a little meatheady to me. You know, it kind of, uh, to the extent that it, when it does work, it works, uh, I think, in part because of a, a sort of glorious lack of nuance, I suppose. You know, and it could be that now, King... Now, am I, am I misremembering that like, was that the case in the Snyder Capullo arc run as well? I seem to remember that was basically smarter than All-Star Batman. Uh, All-Star Batman is, in many respects, gloriously dumb, but definitely yeah. a dumber book. Well, no, it's definitely, it's a, it's a dumb, it is a dumber book, but I, again, for me, I'm not sure that smart is the, is the angle that I would use for, for Snyder, Snyder and Capullo's Batman run. Just more, it was more, what's the, what's the word? Like elegant also totally misses the mark, but it just had more to do with, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel that, uh, all the stuff that you see going into the first arc of All-Star Batman, and I don't know where the second arc is going other than it seemed like he figured out a way to thread together, um, you know, he wanted to basically tackle the rest of Batman's rogues gallery and he wanted to figure out ways to do new-ish takes on them, I suppose, you know, um, or, or at least if it was a classic take, you know, bring in some extra little piece that he thought would be good, I suppose. Mm. And it, it's weird. I remember the first, like the first issue of Tom King's Batman, mm-hmm. not the, the rebirth issue, but the first King solo issue. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, Oh, this is a much more superhero Batman. Like this is Grant Morrison's Batman where, you know, he fucking rides a plane. With reins. Yeah. And but, I feel like Snyder wouldn't have done that. And in All-Star Batman, I'm like, oh, this Batman would though. I, I think that Batman, Batman would, but I don't play. know, man. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you, cause there was a lot of, you, was it, it's there, was, like, there was a lot of like out there in Snyder's, Snyder and Capullo's Batman. There's like dirt but, bike Batman, you know, yeah, there's like, like Batman like chasing dudes on top of a train. He's got sure, the scene where it looks like grounded. it's like that. That's more grounded than what you're seeing in All Star. It's like more I feel grounded. Like even that Batman wouldn't stand on top of a plane and, you know, steer it with reins. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. I got, I honestly think that, at least for me, after reading the I Am Bane stuff, I thought the I, I Am Bane stuff seemed pretty crappy. Like, I actually have to say, I think I Am Bane is, is a real letdown after the I Am Suicide arc and the Rooftops arc. Uh huh. Like those two, especially rooftops, I was like, oh, I really like this. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I really, really like this Batman. Mm-hmm. And then I am being felt like it's what four or five issues of filler, really. Yeah, I mean, of a filler. Uh, 
well, it, which is weird because he's trying to position it as something. Anyway, for someone, uh, I, I've missed the two arcs that you like, but I've read the, f- the first one, which starts off great, but I am Gotham loses a lot of steam and i kind of felt that ends so weird like i am gotham's conclusion kind of feels out of fucking nowhere yeah i mean the best thing out of anything from 15 through 21 is the scene where bruce is at the you know bat McBattles or whatever oh, yeah, the hell yeah, it's called. Yeah, which is super fun. It, yeah, it, it, it's super fun. Yeah, and it's but, just but the, all the all the Bane stuff is just not gimmicky, but it's cheap. super gimmicky. It's it's super no, it's, gimmicky it's super and it's super cheap. cheap. Yeah, you know, and it's just like like uh, something I liked so much about I Am Suicide and Rooftops is it's subtle isn't the right word, but it's more subtle than that. Mm-hmm. Nuanced, shall we say. Mm. It's nuanced, even though it's, like, ridiculous. Like, at one point, no spoilers, there's bubblegum that manages to protect someone going through a fucking fire. (laughs) So, you know, we're not talking about realistic here at all. Right. But at the same time, there's, like, there genuinely is uh, emotional underpinning still thing that gives it a nuance. And I feel that the emotional underpinning of I Am Bane... Is, oh, Bane's scary. Oh, Bane's scary. Oh, Bane's scary. Batman's scarier. And you're like, that's, there's nothing fucking here. Yeah. There's nothing here. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is such a light then after the, the previous uh, couple of arcs. So anyway, all of which is to say you're suspect and wrong, but I do okay, appreciate. Well, that, that's fine. You know. That's fine. Um, <laughs> it has to be said, I really liked the Batman 21. I really like Flash 21. You will not like Flash 21. Well, I, I will I, tell you yeah. that right now. I believe it. I was, like I said, I just, Batman 21, I'm actually almost willing to half think that I w- could like Flash 21 because of this idea of, because uh, no, weirdly you, what I... You don't have the same, you don't have, like, you would like Flash 21 if it was a Marvel comic. You don't have the same level of like DC fanboyishness that I think would be needed for you to like this comic. <laughs> right. Right. You know, you like, you might think it was smart. Like you might like, Oh, that's really cute that they did that. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't get the same emotional charge that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, where I'm like, Oh shit, that's such and such. Oh God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, uh, so let's, okay, pit- so let's, let's talk about Marvel then. Yeah, let's talk about Secret Empire number zero, did you, which I assume that you read and like I said, I yes. was, yeah. Yes. So. Um, I was bored by it, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really boring comic. Uh, you know. I, like, I know I'm supposed to be outraged. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I have no, uh, interest in Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bad story and and everything, but right now I'm more I'm honestly just more bored than anything else with it. Hmm. And I think Secret Empire Issue Zero is is just dull. Hmm. Well, so so tell tell me why I'm wrong. I oh I I don't I don't think that I I don't think that you are wrong in the sense that um you know 
<laughs> you are you, Graham. Uh, I honestly, for myself, what, what struck me, of course, is as a guy who doesn't read a lot of Marvel comics, um, and therefore am very likely to miss his work, but, you know, holy shit, like, Daniel Lacuna is a really lovely artist. This yeah, book, to me... looks beautiful. Lacuna's yeah. art is always good. Yeah, so, I mean, in that sense, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned Fear Itself earlier. In some ways, it reminded me of Fear Itself in holy that... Holy shit, yes. <laughs> it's a book that looks beautiful and is, like, the writing is... is... Dull. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, and I could be wrong, although it's exposition, 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 and then some more exposition and some more exposition, more oh, exposition. Scott, like, let's look at Captain America frowning. Yeah. I, I, but, Everything's going wrong. Captain America is frowning. Well, but those, those are some weird, there's some weird choices. I mean, I remember, God, what is it? Like, I feel like there have been a lot of event comics with Marvel that have opened up with, well, Civil War number two is actually a really uh, good, maybe not the best because it seems to start five fucking times, but depending on which issue of Secret, uh, Civil War two that you pick up, Bendis has like kind of a big, here's all the heroes doing all the fighting, like the opening Marvel, of Civil Marvel War does number... like starts comics by going event comics by going it's a big thing yeah everyone's fighting yes exactly um and so i okay so i actually thought that pound for pound i thought that spencer did a better job than say uh fraction did on fear itself in the sense of the situation's all laid out by the time that you kind of get to the end of the issue, there's a variety of like, Oh fucks kind of going on. And it's not so much like the Washington DC one is actually the least important, but the fact that you've got like, you know, you're, I guess full spoilers for people who are worried about this sort of thing. The fact that you've got, all the heavy, almost all the heavy hitters are locked out in space thanks to the planetary defense shield. And then all, more or less all the beeline New York characters, um, are, you know, taken out by having New York pulled into the dark hold dimension. Uh, part of me is like, okay, like, I just feel like I know what the stakes are and they just seem, it just seems a little more quote unquote interesting on an on the abstract level than fear itself or again some of the stuff like i remember feeling like something like secret invasion started well and then kind of just seemed to run off the rails very quickly which this this may well as well but i i'm i'm now because the end of secret in uh, the end of fear itself issue one I, I could be misremembering. Like, mm -hmm. ha nothing had really happened. Yeah, nothing had really happened. Like, I... then Fear Itself was basically like, uh, the Guardians being like, oh, something bad is coming. We will leave. But nothing bad has happened. Right. I don't remember the end of Secret Invasion number one at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I could not tell you what happened at the end of that comic. Right. This, this does, sure enough, get to the, well, shit's hit the fan, but all of the shit's, I I was amazingly um 
like none of it hit home. None none of it seemed particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the superheroes can't get back to Earth. You know that that's terrible. With the exception of wait, aren't there like isn't there like a space station out there that they can all go and hang out with? Aren't there other alien planets they can all go to? Like it's not like they're just in space. I believe you know me. What I, mean? I like, yes, I know. I mean, like it, it feels, you know, it's it's. Uh... You have you have a situation where characters, and admittedly, I don't necessarily know who who's who and what's what, but you have some characters that are very clearly wearing spacesuits and communicating by radio, and then you have other characters that just appear to be talking in space. You know what I mean? Like no covering, no anything. So. I think that there are problems there uh, in the like, sense is, of... isn't America there? Can't she just teleport them anywhere? I, I don't know. Like, that's her power. I, you know, I uh, she's I, set I, up I, I, as I, being be, in the before, scene, so it's yeah, very... And before clearly. people say she can't teleport them to Earth because that's how the shield works because they've set them up that way up in Captain America, I know that, but she can teleport them anywhere else, including <laughs> other dimension Earths. Mm-hmm. Like if they want to leave, they can all leave. Right. So it's, it's like it's a cliffhanger again if you don't think about it. Right. And well, if you don't they, think about it, like it all of them are. Yeah. yeah. You know. Oh no, the dark for like New York's in the dark force dimension, and then you're like, yeah, but fucking Doctor Strange is there. Right. You know, like can't he just magic them all away? Yeah. It, it's, it's like all of them are, are like, oh no, the. You think about it for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, but okay. But, well, okay, so, but this, of course, is, I think, one of the problems with all all of Marvel's line-wide events, is at every point there is a, you're either stuck in the situation of having someone pedantically, a la John Byrne, sit down and explain why each character's powers won't work in the particular situation, which is really boring, or you just kind of have to do it as a gimme which is not entirely convincing so i mean these things are kind of like you pick them up i'm like it's pretty and honestly there's there's a weird way where i think maybe i'm just backlashing to the to the spencer backlash but part of me is like i think just flat out man in the high castling the man in the high castle concept is it would all be kind of clever if it wasn't for the fact that that I, I feel that everyone's level the the level of discourse has just been so low at on everyone's at Spencer's end on Brevoort's end on some of the people's on online. Oh, I'm 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 uh, I I am at the strangest point with this. Like, no one is being. I, I said on Twitter today that I'd love for an interview when this comic is done where Spencer could actually like talk honestly about how he felt about the response because it's clearly feeding into the way he's writing the book. And it's clearly feeding into the way he's interacting with people online, but he's never going to talk about it. Like it's never going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And because I, I, told you off offline but i'll say it in the podcast i was talking to these uh, so i was talking to marvel about doing that interview mm-hmm. and marvel were like yeah we we really don't like nothing against you we just don't want to do that interview mm-hmm. 
we we don't want to have we basically want the book to speak for itself and the book doesn't speak for itself though like there's all this other stuff going on mm-hmm. and for me at least it's more interesting than the book but i don't know i saw someone will moss i think it was the editor of one of the books say that one of the spin-offs has hydra putting in humans in camps Rounding them up and putting them in camps. And I was like, how can you pretend it's not a Nazi thing now? Mm-hmm. Like, there's fucking concentration camps. I read as part of writing something about Secret Empire this week, uh, Civil War II The Oath, the next mm-hmm. Spencer log issue, mm-hmm. where, where oh, right. like, literally makes the case for being bigoted. Mm-hmm. And, like, li- with the exception of saying, like, he's saying, aliens in the extraterrestrial sense as opposed to you know from another country sense mm-hmm. makes the case for why people should hate their neighbors if they're not like us and why those people should be rounded up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have that in the fucking comic you are writing about nazis mm-hmm. like you are and if you were just honest about it that, that would be better because then at least you could do it as opposed to spending half your time going, he's not a Nazi though. Like if you read right. the story, Hydra aren't Nazis. And it's like, well, what's the fucking point of the story then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you just say, yeah, we're writing a story about how your your heroes can be Nazis, can be fascists, like can be this thing that you did not expect as opposed to, but he's not a Nazi, you guys. Right. He's the, he's the, he's, he's just Hydra. Hydra has no ideology. Sure, they're running people up and putting them in camps, but it's good camps. It's Holocaust centers, you guys. <laughs> it, it's like it, it honestly just seems so disingenuous. <sighs> yeah, but also, what's the point of the comic then? Well, what's the point of the storyline if you're going to spend half your time going, yeah, but he's not a Nazi, you guys. Like, why do the story? Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think they started with the story, and I think, of course, sort of, and this is the other thing is Marvel occasionally, they really, they manage to, they do this like, oh, ho, 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 we're going to, and baiting the audience and losing. Like, baiting the audience and then pretending they didn't. Well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I feel that whenever... Wait and see, and then, like, they wait and see, and they're like, oh, yeah, so they are Nazis. And they're like, no, they're not. Right. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Well, because isn't it... I Wasn't the same thing? Wasn't the all the Dark Reign, Siege stuff, Dark Avengers stuff all built around... Jesus, was that around the time of the 2012 election? And it was very much this no, kind no, of... No, Dark Reign was way before that. Dark what, Reign was... Was it 2008? Yeah, it probably... It was... It was Dark Reign happened. Dark yeah. Reign happened just after Obama got elected. Right. I remember specifically, it was just after Obama got elected that Marvel was like, "Everything is doomed," and you're right. like, "Oh, you so misread the zeitgeist." Exactly. They were so leading it in for kind of a, uh, oh, you know, they were, we're going to have McCain as a president. Huh. So here's where we've got not Norman Osborn as the most powerful man in America, and and the government's going to fuck everything up. You know, and it was like, it was 
the it was the wrong story at the wrong time and so i think there's a way in which oh this is exactly the same thing like this is yeah. the wrong story at the wrong time right and and for me i honestly think that the sad part is is, is if we had hillary clinton in office and this was this story was rolling forward it would be they they wouldn't have to tone it down quite in the same way and it would ring um it would it would be kind of a an i don't want to say an important story but the the half ass isms would work better i think because for- i would be very curious to see how the story would be different because I don't think it would be the same story. I th- I genuinely think that Spencer has changed the way he's writing the stuff in response to the backlash against it. Hmm. I I think I think you only have to look at like the bombshells appearance in that Captain America issue. Well, sure, the like, bombshells he, he's, appearance. He's certainly. so he's so aware of the way these comics are going to be read now, mm-hmm. and I think that it's gotten into his head to to a bad extent. I think that it, it's negatively impacting what he's writing. Um, but like, would this, would this seem like a better idea if Hillary had won? I think so. And here is why it would for me, and you may not necessarily agree, <laughs> is that. Everyone uh, thinks Hillary's secretly a Nazi. <laughs> it's not that, no, it's, it's not that, but it is for for people like myself who were much more of uh, interested in what Bernie Sanders had to say and to offer Hillary, what Hillary was espousing was, uh, uh, the sort of that form of classic neoliberalism, uh, that has in it. Uh, I don't know how to put it. Like I, I want to say like, uh, disquieting undertones and those disquieting undertones don't move all the way over into fascism or nationalism say <laughs> i like that you're actually going now just to make it clear hillary's yeah. not a fascist <laughs> well no because i think because i think well because i'm not even just saying that as for as much as for hillary but i'm i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is is there's Things that I find that I find disquieting about about neoliberalism that really have a certain amount of I the military industrial complex of the United States even under Obama has a lot of very disquieting just trust us um, terms under it and I think the just trust us part is one of those is one of those elements. That Secret Empire Zero tries to underline. I mean, the thing that's funny about it is, is that honestly, part of the problem is, is that it's Captain America who's doing this particular heel turn, but everything that Spencer's throwing forward here isn't really anything that we haven't seen in, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones or The Phantom Menace, you know? It's- yeah, but, but also it's not anything we haven't seen like, before Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Norman Osborn was the head of fucking everything for a while. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there's nothing new here apart from this time it's Captain America. Right. Like, before, we thought that maybe the authorities were bad. This time, authority was definitely good, but it's bad. Right. And I, th- and I think that there is something, again, I feel that there is a, there's an 
underlining of that point where I feel like Spencer is trying to he is trying to write a political comic and he's trying to write a political comic that in the context that we were expecting it to come out in, I think would have had that, that ambivalence would have been more deserved. You know what I mean? Because, because if you get Hillary into power, one of the things that we definitely saw that came out in the course of this uh, election is, is that, liberals um, did not agree with one another. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of when you had the liberals and the Democrats fighting, it feels a lot like a really funny take of, you know, Hydra fighting Hydra, but not Nazis, but Hydra. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot that sort of really berserk infighting um, takes on again, sort of a little more of an understandable edge. And again, it's a little bit easier. The story's a little bit more palatable because you're getting something that's um, not actually taking place in a country on the edge of, you know, t tumbling in down the, the hidey hole of fascism and, and white nationalism. So here, so here's a question. Now. Yeah. A major reason why I find this comic so uh, ill-timed mm -hmm. is because of what's happening in the real world. Right. Do you think – I've had this this uh, defense put forward by people both inside and outside Marvel, mm -hmm. which is it was too late to change it. Oh, yeah. No, that's crap. I yeah. Mean, I, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. That's clearly like, crap. Should they have changed it? I, I mean, I don't, I personally don't know, you know? I mean, I really don't because I haven't been following all the other stuff leading up to it. What I find interesting to me is, is that, uh, between the online response with this and Spencer and Brevoort, Again, it's another so way Spencer to make... Has, Spencer has made this much worse yeah. than it could have been. Like, astoundingly, the fact that someone has not stepped in and been like, you have to just delete your Twitter account. Yeah, well, because... It's, it's incredible, because but, he is just making it worse. But, again, as we've talked about, like, Marvel has been really okay with the social media stuff, you know, for, for Brevoort back when Wacker was, you know, um, goading people, it's that, that is not necessarily considered a problem. And it's precisely the fact that it's still not considered a problem. And Spencer is still very much allowed to be off leash is I think, again, a little bit of this idea, uh, uh to look very cynically at the underpinnings of Marvel legacy of, you know what? <laughs> kind of the whole like we're we're done. We're done. We're done with you know the Tumblr crowd. We're gonna put out these books. If you want to read them, great. But like we're just tired of having you know like we just keep trying to feed you. You just keep trying to bite our hand. We we don't care. And and that does make it seem like Marvel Legacy. We're all about the fans and you know like. Just remember when we were all so happy together. Strikes me, it's 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 
it is it's kind of it would be pathetic if it wasn't for the fact that there's that arrogance that's underneath it. And unfortunately it just seems like, eh, it just seems like Marvel, the bad boyfriend, you know, Marvel, the bad boyfriend but stole that's, that's all our always, stuff. Always been the case. Yes, exactly. Always been the exactly. Case. And that's what I'm saying. I don't, it doesn't look like it's a change. So yeah, I think that secret, I think this whole secret empire thing, the weird part, there's so many weird parts to it, Graham. There's so many weird parts to it because part of me is half convinced that I'm not sure that this was supposed to be the next big Marvel event. Maybe, maybe it was, but I think that Spencer came in with this idea for his, for Cap and it wouldn't surprise me if if this was supposed to be the end of his first year of Captain America was supposed to be the conclusion of Secret Empire and the second year slash the reboot of the title with the new number one with Steve Rogers back seeking redemption on his motorbike across America. You know, like I, I'm not part of me Every, thinks that that was supposed heard, to be it. You know, everything I've heard from Marvel is that this is always supposed to have been this event. No. This was always supposed to be in the 2017 event. Well, uh, and that, and, and, and not only that, this is, this is the, it's the game changer, Jeff. Mm-hmm. This is the pivot point. Right. In terms of tone. Mm-hmm. That this, this is, this is intended to be the, and fascinatingly that this comic is supposed to be old school thrills. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can't tell you why that is so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but this is supposed to be like, it's good guys versus bad guys. <laughs> no, really. That, I'm, yes, I, no, I, I know. I've seen the them idea, position that, yeah. And the idea being that you can't do that because the bad guys are Hydra. They're not Nazis, but they're Nazi adjacent. Right. Therefore, all the good guys are going to beat them up and it will be fine. There will right. be no nuance. The problem with that is, the bad guys are being led by your primary good guy. Like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't see how you get to do both things in the same story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without well, changing one or both. So, well, and I mean this 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 does beg the question: What if Secret Empire was supposed to be the culmination of Rick Remender's Uncanny Avengers plot way back when, and this is supposed to be? Um, this is supposed to be yet another uh, Red Skull-like version of, of Cap, where it's Red Skull in, in Cap's body, and he's, like, profoundly um, fooled everyone, you know. And he's got all, in part because he's got all the awesome powers from cutting out Professor X's brain or whatever. Do you think that would make this more palatable in a good guys punching bad guys kind of way? Jeff. Yes, hey, there you are. Hey, you you disappeared from it. You're back. What I just said was <laughs> um are you asking would it be better if the reader knew that it was Steve Rogers' body but Red Skull's mind? Yeah. Sure. Like I there's, mean, there's I, so I think... many there's so many bad moves mm-hmm. that have led to this. Right. Um and actually can we talk for a second about the the opening of Secret Wars of Secret Empire issue zero. Yes. With the 
hilarious. And by the way, the Nazis won World War Two, <laughs> but those pesky allies changed history. Yeah. Now, for anyone reading this, the Captain America books, it's obvious this is not the quote-unquote real Marvel Universe timeline. Mm-hmm. Like that's cl- this is clearly part of the altered timeline that made Captain America into Hydra in the first place. Right. So let's ignore the sensationalism of, and the real history is, because it's not. It's a fake history. Mm-hmm. But why is it there? Uh, like, it's one of those things where it feels like they're doubling down and trolling Reacher. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I do – that is what I feel. And I think that's kind of I, – I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, again, and part of me is the way in which I feel that – um uh i i think that there's a way in which spencer is is clever enough to know that creating the altered reality you know you've basically you've got an altered reality with nazis in it you know and that's man in the high castle right and part of what makes dick's man in the high castle stand out is the idea that there is another universe outside of it that is aware that that the inkling that the there's a the fake universe doesn't that some parts of it know that it's fake and others don't that there's the meta reflex within it i suppose yeah but, but how does that even work here like for my i i have i just like it for two reasons one it really does just feel like it's trolling people mm-hmm. and two it's if they're trying to say that Steve Rogers is a bad guy, and I think they are, I genuinely think that they're like, but it's okay to hate this guy. He, like, we're not going to call him a Nazi, but he is. He's a bad guy. It gives him a weird sense of self-righteousness mm-hmm. because for him, he's restoring the way things should be. Right. And that's super weird to me and also super unpalatable. Well, it's super I, I, unpalatable I really, really, because it's a Nazi thing, right? No, but, it's super, it, but it's super unpalatable because in science fiction stories, mm-hmm. the guy who's restoring things the way things are mm-hmm. should be is the hero, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, so to give that role to Nazi Steve mm-hmm. is like what's what's going on there? Why, I, why does he need to have that sympathy? Why right. does he need to have that, that actual righteousness? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it's misguided righteousness, but all of the Hydra stuff, all of the, uh, like you didn't read, I don't, cause you're not reading the Steve Rogers title, right? No, yeah. So issue 15, mm-hmm. um, has him fight the Red Skull mm-hmm. for leadership of Hydra. Mm-hmm. And he spends the entire issue being like, you've perverted Hydra. Hydra's a great thing, and you've perverted it because you're a Nazi. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, why do you need to do this? Why do you need to say he's a fascist and he's completely for bigotry, mm-hmm. but it's honorable? Why do you need to say he's honorable? Why do you need to give him that righteousness? Well, like, why, why do you need to say he's are still Steve Rogers? It's just that he's been perverted in his beliefs. Why can't you just be like, he's a bad guy? Well, but doesn't that, to, I, 
don't we haven't we seen the equivalent of that take with Nazi Superman in Grant Morrison's Multiversity? Isn't that more or less sort of exactly the same take that they're going with there? And which itself also has sort of a similar offshoot in although it's I think it's very different, but in Miller's Red Sun? I mean, isn't isn't there a little bit of the whole idea supposed to be that the character is the character in, and therefore and putting them in the other context? I mean, if you think about it, Nazi Superman in the course of Morrison's multiversity is is very um, alarming in that regard as well. Right. You know, I mean, the difference being that that's I'm... an alternate universe Superman and is not quote unquote our Superman, whereas this is well, but also unquote, he's not in America. Um, for, for my money, there's a difference in the fact that Nazi Superman is outside of and has regrets about the Nazi way of life, for want of a better way of putting it, mm-hmm. the ideals. Mm-hmm. And Captain America really doesn't. He doesn't, he gives lip service to, you've perverted Hydra. Mm-hmm. But when you see him in other comics talk about what he believes in. Right. It's all Nazism. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are different should be locked away. Mm-hmm. You know, you should destroy the enemy. You have to be strong. And be, by being strong, you have to destroy the other. Right. You know, I have nothing against concentration camps. In my ideal world, cause in, in that, Civil War Oath issue. You mm-hmm. see, like, his fantasy of the future. And there's fucking concentration camps in it. Mm-hmm. There are black kids being chased and hunted by white kids. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know? so he's being, it's being presented as a, a, as this weird perversion of... But, but that's what I'm saying, like, so, the Nazi Superman is, is haunted by and rejecting that. He's, a, he's complicit in it. Well, yeah, he's, he's complicit, complicit but, in it. But he's haunted by it, at the very least. Right, right. yes. And, and Steve is not. Right. Steve's fantasy is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Uh, I, and, I and also, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. there's something different in a one-shot story... And a year's worth of story. Well, a year's worth of story, but again, part of me is like, yeah, but it's, it, well, anyway, I basically, I think that they are trying to get at either A, Spencer is trying to, um, write a very, um, veiled criticism of, of, superhero vigilantism and the fact that you can't really disentangle it from fascism which I think that maybe 10 years from now he'll claim that he was trying to do but I don't think that he is doing it with anything that suggests a skill or mastery of how he's coming across um I think I think it's really just well I don't know we'll see how we'll see how and where it ends up playing out cuz I honestly think that the opening of Secret Empire issue 0 ties into the ending of of Secret Empire and whatever that's going to be I suspect that the whole you know Spencer doubling down on Steve Rogers being 
basically saying like, you know, this thing is supposed to be glorious and awesome is going to be like his tur- the turn in which he ends up creating, you know, undoing his own plans and maneuvering things back to the light side. Are, oh, no, I, be... I, I, I agree. I think we're going to essentially see like Hydra Steve be like, it's not what I thought it was. Yeah. I can make everything better again. Yeah. I my fear for the series is that Marvel are gonna follow through on what they're saying it is. And it's going to be a Don't worry about the implications. This yeah. is literally good guys versus bad guys. Right. And in the middle of that you're going to see like Steve be like, I've realized fascism is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's like all of this is just it just it it leaves a bad taste in the mouth, but also I'm kind of just like, this is dumb. Like all of this is this weird, dumb, unforced error. Yeah. Well, because like, they, they, they continue to follow through on it. And I think there's a, there, as you, as I think you keep framing things, there's a lot of cowardice in the way that Marvel is doubling down on things and insisting that they're not at the same time. Like, I think they are trying to... They're trying to have their cake and eat it. They yes. don't want people to call Captain America a Nazi while telling a story where he's, he's clearly a Nazi. Yeah. And ultimately, this would be a better story if you just came out and said it. Well, I uh, I think that I agree at a certain point, but I, I think that there was a way that you could have told the story where you do get to have your cake and eat it too. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah, the... you, you could actually, you, for example, you could have him not be a Nazi. I'm, I don't, I'm yeah. not being facetious. I mean, like, when you explain what his Hydra beliefs are, mm-hmm. they could be something different. Yeah. They could be something that is not so clearly informed by the, the National Socialist Party. Yeah, sure. you know, right. like there, there's a way to do the story because if you're the story you're really telling is you put your faith in someone and they were not who they said they were. They were, in fact, something that you did not want them to be. Mm-hmm. There are countless other ways of telling this story. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's very hard for 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 fascism and so, socialism, to, uh, national nationalism to take hold in places where there isn't a tremendous amount of uh, poverty or um uh, a gap between the classes, you know, you could have him talk about, you know, cause certainly it seems like from the few panels that I've seen literally on the internet, the, the seeding of the story has a lot to do with Steve Rogers mom, basically being saved from poverty and being given a community that mm-hmm. sort of by Hydra. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and so he could be espousing the idea of, you know, something that looks more like an end to economic inequality, for example, or a return to, you know, quote unquote, community values or things. Oh, you you have, Jeff, you honestly, I'm sure it's going to show up in in Unlimited in the next couple of months. Uh When that oath issue comes out, you have to read it. Yeah. You have to read it because your, your head will explode. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I'm not joking because it's – you've seen Marvel essentially claim there's nothing actually political about this comic, right? right which is complete uh, complete lying garbage. But when you read yeah. that, when you read the oath issue in particular, uh-huh. you'll be like, 
holy shit, I can't believe they can make that argument with a straight face. Right. Right. Because it is essentially Captain America's Donald Trump. Mm. Like really clearly, really amazingly clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, he could pretty much end the issue saying America first. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it, that's what I mean by like he Spencer is clearly writing in the environment he's in. Mm-hmm. But also be cowardly by not addressing the criticisms he's facing. Well, I, I the thing that bothers me is, of course, is, is that he's literally attacking the criticisms. You know, I would be okay if he was sort of just ignoring, ignoring them altogether. <laughs> yeah, no, I am because I do think that there is something to. I'm I am a big fan of cowardice generally. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't really have literature if we didn't have cowards. You know? <laughs> because well, if, there's, if there's a pool quote from this podcast <laughs> in top history, it's that. <laughs> It's just, I, I very firmly believe that because once you, you know, once you actually start making up situations with pretend characters, you know, instead of literally saying what happened to you in your life, once you actually start working in, um, dabbling in, uh, literary imagery and foreshadowing and all that other stuff is all cowardly wiggle worm ways to prevent yourself from being burned at the stake or called out on your shit. You know, that is, it's, it's, it's bred in the bone, you know? So I think that, um, the, the problem of course is, is not, is not being a coward. It's being an inartful coward. So, and that's, that's really, I definitely would agree that that is a huge problem with Secret Empire issue zero and the way that Marvel's approached it. But, but let me just be clear. <laughs> I feel like Richard Nixon. Let me make it perfectly clear. I am pro coward, Graham. Pro coward. <laughs> that was a great impression though. I think we should all take a moment. Really? Oh my and God. Did Jeff I finally do impression. one? Are you, you're just teasing <laughs> me, right? Uh, I was, it was pretty good, Nixon. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I feel, I feel, uh, I, I feel uh, gratified. Um, so, Graham McMillan, it's been close to two hours. We should, uh, we should probably wrap this up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have so many comics that I look forward to talking to you about next time. Some of them, it'll just be a longer and longer list. Which but, will be in uh, two weeks, right? We're doing our next episode in two weeks? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I, I, ends up being I feel, building or well, first of all, we've done three episodes back to back. But also, I feel like you actually have something that's going on this weekend. Oh, yeah. No, I will not yeah. be anywhere near the old podcasting seat. Jeff will not be anywhere near the, my, the my podcast. My wife and I will be cavorting on the beach. So I'm very much looking forward to it. As See, much as I love... There's uh, a happy, happy image to leave everyone with. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I'm going to seg straight from that into saying, you can find show notes for this episode on waywalkpodcast.com. Where Jeff may or may not included a little drawing of himself comporting on the beach. <laughs> Who can tell? <laughs> Spoilers, probably not. Um, you can also find us on Tumblr, waitwhatpods.tumblr.com. You can find us on Twitter, at waitwhatpodcast. You can find Jeff on Twitter solo, at lazybastid, at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D. You can find me on Twitter solo, at Graham M, at G-R-A-E-M-E-M. And we are a Patreon-supported podcast. If you're wondering what the hell that means, 
let me pass you to my compatriot, Mr. Jeffrey Lester. Well, hello, everyone. As you may or may not know, Patreon is a wonderful site where um, a group of generous and kind-hearted souls uh, throw us a little bit of dosh to thank us for what we do. Um, as you know, every issue uh, episode of uh, Wait What is up online and available to you for free, absolutely gratis. And God bless, there have been enough people who uh, have dropped us some very kind emails over the time saying, like, I really appreciate what you guys do, and I wanted to throw a little bit of support to thank you for it, which is really amazing, inspiring, and thanks to the miracle of Stretch Goals, uh, moved us to uh, do the Baxter Building podcast, came directly out of this kind of support, so... It's your um, fault. That's what we're saying. <laughs> That's right. Don't blame us. Don't blame John Byrne. Blame yourselves. I don't yes. blame John Byrne. Holy crap. <laughs> never. That's right. Reminder to self. Never stop blaming John Byrne. Uh, we have many people to thank, but we especially want to give shout outs to the kind crew at American Ninth Art Studios and Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, uh, to whom we're especially grateful for their continuing support of this podcast and their non-demolition of this corner of the cosmos. We thank you so much. Graham? Hello? I'm right here. Don't worry. This wow. time I did actually press me. It's because I was sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say... Yes. Is that uh, Patreon supporters, if you haven't checked your Patreon feed since uh, Wednesday, you probably should. Mm -hmm. Just saying. There, there's like 18 minutes of something for you. Wow. Shh. Wow. Everyone, everyone else, it, it might show up in your feed someday. Who can tell? It will. But it, it... <laughs> Jeff... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Or not. Who knows? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, Graham. Yeah. Who can tell? <laughs> Apart from Jeff. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, people, uh, we're going to be back in two weeks, and we'll be doing a way wide, and Jeff might even tell people what he's been reading. Yeah. I I have just been reading the same old stuff. You know, not, nothing exciting. Nothing particularly interesting. Although I did read the uh, most recent Stumptown collection. I say most recent, it's like a year old. But it was really good. So, wow. thanks, Greg Rocker. Jeff. Yes, Graham. Name one thing you read this week that you liked. Uh, gosh. Okay, hold on. Let me one go to the thing. list. One, I know, just one thing. Uh, God, there's a lot. Oh, but I will, I'll give a shout out to Rock County. Candy Mountain, Issue 1 by Kyle Starks. Uh, Kyle, who did Sex Castle and also Kill Them All, although I don't think Kill Them All is out, uh, is a a funny SOB who really knows how to do the punching and wisecracking uh, formula. And so um, Rock Candy Mountain, which is the first issue of his amazing hobo saga where a kung fu hobo has to make his way across the rails of uh, America during the Great Depression in order to escape the devil uh, is um, it's, it's great it was a really enjoyable really amazing read so um, I've got other stuff that I'll talk about but I'll definitely I decided one thing one thing yeah okay I also want to see 
I was going to say Jeff's right, Kill Them All isn't out, but it's coming out this summer from Uni Press. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. It, it, it's a new edition. It's going to be in full color. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yep. All right. Well, I look forward to double dipping on that then. Uh, we will be back anyway in two weeks. And yes. And we will be fighting fit and able, as Britpop also runs, Gene once put it. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Bye! Beautiful. So beautiful.